Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we're talking about Child's Play 2 from 1990. Directed by John Lafia, written by Don Mancini, starring Alex Vincent, Christina Lise, and Brad Dorf. In this movie, Chucky seeks out Andy, who is now in foster care, in another attempt to try to possess Andy's body. And we chose this as a continuation of Sequel September... Uh, because from what I can gather, this is one of the most well-loved sequels as far as big horror franchises go. Um, and I think this might be Brian from the Blood Buddies podcast's favorite movie, so shout out to Brian if he's listening. And as we've mentioned before, this is a big hole for me and Ashwin. We have this entire franchise to get through, aside from the first one and this latest one that came out in 2019. Ash, you haven't seen any of the other ones, right? No, yeah, I've only seen uh, the first one, the remake, and now this is the first time I'm seeing this one. Yeah, same. I feel like I've seen little tiny clips of the other ones, but can't say I've seen well, them. Yeah. Why is this one considered such like a prominent sequel? I don't know. I think it was just well-liked, or at least maybe if not at the time, like a lot of horror fans look back on this one fondly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, like, is it that different than, like, the sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street or, um, like, Halloween or, like, any of those other ones? Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I wasn't sure exactly what stood out about this one compared to other sequels. I think it doesn't veer too far off from the original, but it embraces some of the inherent comedy in the uh, in the setup. Yeah, And it yeah, just right. kind of goes a little bit bigger with everything. Got it. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I read that somewhere too, that like it starts to like embrace the campiness of the series. And uh, yeah. the ones, uh, they're, they're like three after this one, I think. Is that right? Um. Oh, shoot. I forgot to copy down all the, uh, normally I list off all the movies in the franchise, but there's, yeah, I think there's Child's Play 3 and I can't remember if 4 has a subtitle. But there's oh, okay. like Bride of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're number. Uh, yeah, I can't access. remember in what order. Yeah, they stop. They stop um, numbering them, and they stop even calling them Child's Play at a certain point. After Child's Play three, I think, right? I think so, but yeah, yeah. I'm just generally unprepared, and my brain is underfunded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I think uh, we, we saw the f- Child's Play, the original, like uh, maybe it's about a year ago or so. Uh, yeah, gosh, it probably was about a year ago that we did that episode. Yeah, and we both are a bit lukewarm on it. Yeah, I think we gave it about a three. Oh, yeah, that's more generous than I remember. I Let's think, see. I mean, you might have been lukewarm. I think I gave it a three. I feel like I liked it, but wasn't, didn't think it was amazing. Yeah, sure. So this movie, and we talked about this a little bit in our Child's Play 2019 episode. So... The first one was done by United Artists Production Company. And that company was in the middle of an acquisition, and the acquiring company didn't want to do any horror films. They wanted, like, a clean, family-friendly name. So the rights to the Child's Play franchise were sold off to Universal. And that's that's then where they lived going forward, and all those sequels we mentioned were, I think, almost, I think all of them, if not the great bulk of them were under universal 
-hmm. And then United United Artists was eventually purchased by MGM, and that is how MGM still had enough rights to create this year's this year's Child's Play without any involvement from Don Mancini, who's been involved in every step of the franchise until this year. Yeah, in the big slight to Don Mancini, right? Yeah, yep, a bit of an fu. Yeah. Um, not a direct fu, but just kind of a shitty move. Yeah, but uh, um, it sounds like Don Mancini's still pretty active on Child's Play. I think that's you mentioned something about that last time that there's like a TV show and everything that he's active with. Yeah, yeah, there's a TV show in the works, and then the last one to come out, I think, was in 2017. I think that was Cult of Chucky, and it was pretty well loved by by fans. It'd be interesting to to see some of those someday. Yeah, yeah, I, I think eventually we'll we'll work our way through all of these if the podcast goes for long enough. We'll catch up with everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw that Gene Siskel gave this zero out of four stars. <laughs> uh, that's funny. The reviews on this were yeah. pretty polarizing. I, I, I mean, I, I never like to reveal how I felt until the end for some stupid reason, but I thought it was entertaining at least, but it, it's got 44% on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics and 47% for users. Yeah, pretty divided, I guess. Half and half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll be interested to in talk about the review, but um, uh, yeah, I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll disagree a little bit on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this thing had a budget of 13 million, uh, which is a pretty high budget for 1990 for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, box office of 35.8 million. So I'm guessing it made its money back with like all the uh, VHS sales and everything like that too. But I think they say you've got to at least triple your money at the box office to, to make money back. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, it's kind of like a rough, a, rough yeah. math. but Feels like it was a good success. You know, the interesting with, thing with uh, the Child's Play series, uh, the, like what I was finding interesting is, do you feel like it's more horror or more like action, uh, action like kind of crime fighting movie? It is a little bit action oriented it, it's hard because chucky is just not that scary to me yeah i'm and not I sure even think, sure if he's meant to be scary is he i think it, there's like a little bit of comedy there and i think the series probably embraces the comedy more as it goes mm-hmm. i'm not sure how much i think originally it wasn't intended to be that comedic when they were writing the first one and i think it's kind of ended up there somehow oh okay and I remember when we talked about the first one, we were like, everybody was in an uproar when it came out. Like, don't let your kids see this movie. And we were like, why? It's rated R. Why would you let your kids see it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not even a question. But yeah. as I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think, like, this really is kind of made for kids. Like, mm-hmm. so much of it centers around Andy and things that would be scary to only a kid. Like, there's a scene where his teacher locks him in the room for detention like yeah which was pretty negligent and probably a violation of fire codes (laughs) but i think there's a lot of stuff like that where it's just like if you're a kid watching this movie and picturing yourself as andy it'd probably be really scary yeah yeah i agree Uh, yeah you're right it is almost made for a kid then because yeah the whole time the main character and everything they throw in a teenager later in the movie but yeah for the most part you're with a kid and like it's his fears that you're kind of seeing yeah yeah and just like mm-hmm. the way he's neglected by adults in his life or that they don't believe him like 
it would make it i would see why as a kid you'd be afraid of these movies yeah which is weird though considering it you know kids couldn't really watch these movies yeah yeah but we all know everybody ends up watching these on their on vhs with an older brother running it and their parents not really caring yeah <laughs> yeah those ratings they really yeah. hold up um any other background on this movie man there's didn't um, find much of interest. One thing I had a question on, I was wondering if you knew more, more about this. Um, one of the things about this movie in terms of the cast is it's introducing this guy named Adam Wiley as Sammy, um, which, I, you know, I watched the movie and I didn't even, like, pick up on who Sammy was. It's like, look it up. And there's, like, a one-minute scene where, like, there's this little kid named Sammy that's shown, like, in the background of a phone call. Uh, what, what the hell is the significance of Sammy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Adam Wiley is just a big name actor. Oh, is okay. yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. A lot of times they'll do that, like in the trivia for a movie. Like, this was the first appearance of so-and-so, and they're like barely in the movie. Oh, okay. So I, I, I thought maybe like Sammy like later goes on to become uh, like a, a character in the rest of the franchise. But actually, I think you're probably right. It's probably just that actor. Yeah, I mean, who uh, knows? I, well, who knows other than everybody, but except the two of us because we haven't seen <laughs> yeah. this franchise. <laughs> Yeah. But I don't think I don't think that character becomes prominent. I think it's probably just the actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like he has the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks like he's got a long filmography ending with the Smurfs 2 in 2013. So yeah. There you go. Biggest movie <laughs> in the yeah. past 10 years. Yeah, I think so. That Oh, that Adam Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Smurfs 2 Adam Wiley? <laughs> yeah. Why did you say so? <laughs> Um, so one of the, at one point, a town called Belpre, Ohio was home to the largest doll factory in the U S it was on the Ohio river mm-hmm. and just about two hours down river was a town called Huntington, West Virginia, where Brad Dorf, the voice of Chucky was born. Oh, wow. That's crazy. They did not overlap time wise, but. I just yeah. thought that was an interesting enough coincidence to mention. <laughs> that is. So he lived on a river that uh, bordered a river that that, that bordered a, a toy factory in Ohio. Basically, yeah, he was he was born in West Virginia, but the town is right on the Ohio River. It's on the other side of the border, and it's downriver from this doll factory. That's, that's crazy. I can't believe you figured that out. How do, you, how do you know? Like he was born in a town that borders a river. Um, well, as, as I usually do dig for an Ohio connection, a lot of times I'll check to see where people are born. And I knew that Huntington, West Virginia was right on the border. Of the Ohio River? Um, yeah. And so I was like, uh, that's a decent connection, but it's not really close enough. So then I was like, there's gotta be some sort of doll factory in Ohio or something. (laughs) Cause the climax of this movie takes place in a doll factory. And then I found that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Nice job. All right, anything else before we move on to the plot and spoilers? No, let's get to it. Okay, cool. Uh, if you don't mind actually holding on one second, I've, looks like I've got a call on the other line. I'm going to answer it real quick. Okay. Okay, man, I'm back. All right, everything okay? 
Yeah, that was just uh, an uncle that I didn't know that my son has, and he was asking for things like our address, the address of my son's daycare, his doctor's office, and stuff like that. Oh, one of those uncle situations. Yeah, so I went (laughs) ahead and I gave him the info, and now I'm ready to keep going. Yeah, I usually keep like a paper by my desk with all that information for these people who call. (laughs) (laughs) Just tape it to the back of my car. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And our front door. Yeah, because <laughs> it comes up. These people, these strangers call and ask for it. <laughs> the entire premise of how Chucky finds Andy is just just defies logic. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, I don't know. It's not like he was under like witness protection or something, right? But you would think, well, A, how did he know what foster home that Andy went to or even that he was in a foster home? And B... True. Would a foster home really just give anybody the address of a child who had just been there without asking them to verify their identification? Yeah, no, that's a good point. This was the 80s, though. I feel like child protection laws were different back then. You can definitely see, I mean, I'm sure these uh, these movies aren't true to life, but there's definitely some differences culturally and how children are treated that you can see in these movies. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that in a new movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'd be like a million questions and then, oh man, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, okay. So the movie takes place two years after the events of the first movie. And at the end of the first movie, uh, Andy and his mom had defeated Chucky along with Detective Mike. Um, but we see the good guys doll company is still trying to get over the bad press from all of it. Everybody knows that about this news story and that the doll was involved somehow. Um, and in an attempt to reassure stockholders, they recover and reassemble the doll to show that there's nothing wrong with it. And during all of this, one of the technicians working on the doll, the mouth, the machinery malfunctions, and he gets electrocuted during this power surge. And you see this super fake electricity, like bolts of electricity going between him and Chucky. And somehow this brings Chucky back to life, it sounds like. I don't, I guess the electricity was how he came back to life, or I just kind of thought he never died. Yeah, that's the that's impression I had too. Like he was in there. I actually thought he was behind that electricity uh, shortage or spike or whatever, but probably not, though. I, I think you're probably right. Maybe it was uh, just a machine malfunction and that spark brought him back to life somehow. Yeah, Wikipedia says the uh, the shock brought him back to life, but sh- I didn't catch on to that, but but whatever. Yeah. Um and then we catch up with Andy. We learn his mother is in a psychiatric ward because nobody believes her crazy story about a living doll. Um and Andy's in a foster home, which is a pretty sad follow-up from the happy ending of the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know, well, like seeing his state yeah, yeah, that his mom's in a psychiatric ward, and now he's in foster yeah. care. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Usually when these scary movies end, like, yeah, you kind of don't want to know what happens to the characters afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But that seems, like, pretty real, right? Yeah, and they, like, walk... Yeah, the movie kind of ends with, like, a bit of a walk into the sunset, if I remember correctly. Not literally, but you assume everything's yeah. fine and everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of an abrupt shock. Yeah. Dose, dose of reality. Yep. Um, he then gets adopted by a family who, just this couple who have an older foster child in their home who's kind of like a punk rebel girl named Kyle. 
Um, and the dad of this couple is kind of a dick, not necessarily like a blatant asshole, but a pretty big jerk nonetheless. Um, so we get a scene where Chucky, Chucky follows the CEO of the good guys company out to his car after he's brought back to life. And he uses his car phone to call the foster home and find out where Andy is now. And then he, at gunpoint, I think makes the CEO drive him to Andy's new address. Uh, yeah, and once th- they get there, he suffocates him with a plastic bag. I thought the way they introduced Chucky here, because this is like the first time we're seeing him in action, uh, it was pretty lame because he's just like, the first thing he says is uh, he shows up and he's like, freeze, don't move, just drive or something. Uh, that's like his first attack. And uh, I don't know, it just, it just felt like very like anticlimactic. Like we're all expecting Chucky to come to life. And rather than like little by little or like in a scary way or in a heightened way, he's just like comes alive in the backseat of a car. Yeah, that was a little bit of a lame resurrection. Um, I do think that, though, I liked this first kill because it was a little disturbing, this dude struggling with this plastic bag over his head while Chucky cackles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Anyway, he kills this dude out in front of the house, which also, what would then happen to this car with a dead guy in front of their house? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Good question. <laughs> there is a lot of lo- logic holes in this movie. Yeah. Um, so Chucky sneaks in. He finds that there's a good guy doll in the house named Tommy. He buries it out in the yard and then essentially replaces Tommy. This is this um, whole scene where he's like beating up Tommy, like smashing his face <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> silly. Like, why would he be so angry at a doll? Yeah, how are he beating up on a doll? <laughs> And, like, did you really have to hide it, like, bury it and, like, uh, like, hide it in the yard? Like, why can't you just, I don't know, throw it somewhere else or something to throw it out? Yeah. Yeah, this movie, as far as what happens, like, the events themselves are, are pretty stupid, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I think I like the characters, just kind of similar to how I felt in the first movie. Some of the characters kind of grounded it for me. Sure. Anyway... Things get creepy. Andy sees the Chucky doll there, and Chucky eventually sneaks into Andy's room, ties him to the bed, and attempts to complete the ritual where he would be in Andy's body instead of the doll's body. Did they um, uh, but, explain explain that ritual in this movie? I feel like it, you had to know from the previous movie what Chucky's even trying to do. Yeah, I think you had to know from the previous movie that he had to do this this ritual to get back in. Although they do show like his nose bleeding after a fall, and he's like, oh, I'm turning more human. I've got to get into Andy. Yeah, they throw that line in later. But otherwise, like I don't know. I couldn't tell uh, from the beginning like why he was chasing Andy, like why he wanted to kill him. But yeah, then there's that point like where he says a line like that, which is like... Oh, and I think why. we were both confused by this too, and it's a ridiculous logic to even try to figure out. But he, like, turns more human, and it means he's going to be trapped in the doll forever. Right. That's It's kind that's of, I guess maybe I get it, but yeah, you think he'd be turning more like a doll if he was going to be stuck in the doll forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, the other way. But I guess maybe the doll is turning more into him. Yeah, I mm. don't know. And if he kills uh, Andy, does he become Andy, or does he become his old self? Yeah, I don't think he wants to kill Andy. He just wants to go into Andy, like have his soul go into Andy. Got to pay the troll's toll to get into that boy's hole. (laughs) hole. (laughs) Right? Indeed. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, I forgot all about that. 
Um, anyway, Kyle, his like foster sister, walks into the room just in the nick of time, sees him all tied up there, and his foster parents are angry that he's blaming the good guy doll for this. I think, I guess they all think Andy somehow tied himself up. They throw the ball down in the basement to get rid of it, and then Andy sneaks down there in the middle of the night, n- night with this electric carving knife. Um, and his foster dad hears him down there and comes down the steps where Chucky trips him on the stairs and he falls and breaks his neck. Foster mom comes down there and assumes Andy's responsible for this and sends him back to foster care. That night, Kyle finds Tommy, the other good guy doll, buried in the yard and realizes that Andy was telling the truth. So she goes to the foster mom to try to tell her and finds that she's already been killed by Chucky, who's slit her throat. And then Chucky ambushes her and forces her to drive him to the foster home so he can do the spell on Andy. And I think he like pulls the fire alarm in the foster home. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly how from here they end up in the doll factory. Does Andy <laughs> run and hide in a shipping truck and that's headed for the doll so. factory? Yeah, yeah. Somehow they get in the shipping truck and, uh, and Kyle goes after them and then, yeah, they show up at a child's factory. Okay, Wikipedia said that Chucky forced him to the factory so he could do the ritual there, but I don't think that's how it happened. I feel like they just ended up there. Yeah, it seemed more coincidental. I don't know why he'd have to be at the factory. Right? Yeah. Um, But Kyle follows them there. And they kind of have this big showdown. The climax is pretty long and extended, and it all happens in this factory they're like climbing over the machinery and the assembly line and all these dolls and boxes are stacked everywhere and chucky knocks andy unconscious and completes the ritual only to discover that it's too late the ritual doesn't work and he's stuck in his doll body is that so that's why it didn't work yep i think it's just too late oh okay So now he's pissed and just wants to kill Andy and Kyle, who's followed them there and is trying to thwart Chucky. And so a chase ensues all over this assembly line. I thought this was kind of a fun sequence. It it was cool to see, like, the inside of a toy factory and, like, uh, some of the violence, like, that goes in there in terms of making toys, some of those machines. You think that was all, like, pretty realistic? Uh, yeah, maybe. Who knows, though? Like, there's this machine that, like, pops eyes into the dolls. There's this, like part of the conveyor belt that goes through this space where like it melts plastic and attaches things to it so yeah it was like pretty it's kind of like a torture a, a torture kind of situation for toys yeah yeah it's interesting i wouldn't be surprised if it was fairly realistic yeah yep um so kyle gets the upper hand on him by slamming his hand in a gate on the assembly line and he's forced to rip his hand off and then shoves a blade into his stub and attacks them again. <laughs> Did you feel like Andy and Kyle had like a surprising understanding of how this assembly line worked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They knew like how to crawl through it, <laughs> like how yeah, the buttons they knew, worked like, on Where things. it stopped and started, like what levers to pull to get certain things to happen. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> they knew they were around pretty well. Mm-hmm. So they get the upper hand on him again when, as you said, I think, Ash, to send him into this machinery that kind of melts all the plastic down. So he gets jumbled all together with other doll parts and he comes out as kind of a partially melted blob 
fused with all these other arms and legs. But he's somehow still alive. I think maybe he like cuts himself out of it by cutting off his legs or something. Yeah, I think so. And so he's he's creeping up on Andy, has him cornered, and Andy pulls a lever on some machinery that pours some of the like melted plastic all over Chucky and it's like burning him and hardening on him. Which is yet another false death. He comes back again and tries to kill Kyle and she finally defeats him by stuffing an air hose in his mouth and then his head swells up and eventually explodes slightly comically. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Like a, an exploding body. Yeah. Yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah. And then it ends with them walking out of the toy factory and I think Andy's like, what do we do now? And Kyle's like, we go home. And he's like, where's <laughs> home? And she's like, I don't know. You think part three starts with uh, her in the mental institute and then back in the home. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone just keeps getting sent to a, a yeah. mental institution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think, man? Sounds like you don't like this movie. <laughs> I thought it was pretty dumb. You know, you know the one thing I hate sometimes in scary movies um, where, like, there's a killer, there's something going on, and uh, you're more worried for, like, the main character because they're getting all the blame for it. And just like, ah, no one saw the, the, the bad guy do that. Now everyone's going to think this person did it. And that was, like, the first, like, 40 minutes of this movie. It was just Chucky, like, getting this kid into trouble and no one, like, believing him. And I, I don't know. I, I don't like movies that do that. It just seems like kind of a dumb approach. Uh, do, do you feel like you see that a lot in horror films? Yeah, and it gets frustrating. Um, I think we talked about that in the La Llorona episode where it wasn't that people didn't believe each other, but everyone was seeing things and not telling anybody. Yeah, right. It yep. was just like so far from reality. You know what it was a movie that kind of makes me feel, I don't know if this is a similar sensation, but what was that movie? Oh, Meet the Parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I get really frustrated when things are just going wrong over and over again for a main character, and that's, like, the yeah. source of the comedy or the scares in this situation. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just start to feel, like, really bad for them the whole time. You're, like, worried for their well-being and, uh, like, oh, what are people going to think of them now and stuff. It's kind of, it's, yeah. it's not a lot of fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought Chucky, like, similar to the part one, he's just this kind of dumb, like, kind of foul-mouthed uh, criminal who's, you know, like, the way he talks just makes him, like, not that scary. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, the characters were, I mean, like, the, the relationship between Kyle and Andy, I thought it was kind of refreshing. The foster parents, yeah. I thought, were, were kind of, you know, throwaway characters. Um, and, but, but yeah, otherwise, it was a pretty small cast, right? It was, yeah. I just basically like, and I do like the fo- that the focus is on Andy. Um, and I like... I liked Kyle a lot as a character and their relationship, like mm-hmm. two two orphans. Sure. Yeah. And I also it, think like the production values are pretty high with these movies. Like they're kind of easy to watch. Like they're pretty well acted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't feel like the editing was like choppy or anything for for like that time yeah. period. It felt pretty good. Yeah. And uh, and the effects on Chucky, I thought they were pretty decent too. Again, yeah. Same with the first original, like. It's surprising how good Chucky still looks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was very impressed with that. Yeah, no, I, I like that part too. Um, how do you think uh, this one compares, like if you had to rank uh, Child's Play 1, um, the new Child's Play, and then the sequel, how would you rank them? 
I would rank the new Child's Play as number one. And I would actually rank this as number two and then the original last. Yeah. I don't know. I For me, I, I, I'm not sure if this one uh, beat the original for me. Because the original, at least, it was like the original one. And so it had like some of that, you know, this is the first time it's being introduced. And I like the way there was a lot of buildup in the first one before you see Chucky in action. Remember there's like that whole scene where he's in the kitchen and like you just hear like the pattering of the footsteps while he's hunting down that babysitter. Yeah, I did really like the buildup in the first one. But then after that happened and Chucky was revealed as this like cursing criminal, yeah. it it slowed down for me. But I thought this one... You already know that's how he is, and it kind of got a little bit more fun with it. Like, there was more gore. I think the kill count was higher. And I just thought that, like, ending sequence in the toy factory just, like, went bigger and bolder and more gory and more, a little bit more silly and campy, too. Yeah. Um, Not over-the-top campy, but, um, yeah, I just, I thought they kind of leaned into it a little bit more. Yeah, no, I too, I agree. I don't like Chucky as this. I like the Chucky in the new one better. I don't like him as this cursing, wisecracking criminal. It's not scary. I know, yeah. I'm I'm really glad the new version, like, kind of recreates that and and makes him more of a, like, yeah, scary presence. Yeah. Um, But you're right. I think that was a really cool setting for, like, that final battle scene. Um, It just, up until that point, it just felt really repetitive. Like, he would... Uh, go after Andy and then kill someone and then people be like, Andy, what'd you do? And then again, like uh, with Kyle, like uh, he would make her like take her around and then kill people. And he was just like getting away with everything. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like Chucky's presence that much in the first half of this movie. I did like Andy and Kyle's developing relationship. And then the second half, this is a short movie too, by the way. I feel like it was just like an hour yeah. and 20 minutes or something. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty short. Um, I did like that the, I I really enjoyed the climax in the in the factory. Oh, and one fun. Uh, there's a few kills I haven't mentioned, but I thought a fun kill was that like a worker somehow ends up in the factory and Chucky like stabs him and knocks him onto some machinery where the eyes get inserted and these two plastic eyeballs <laughs> get like shoved into his eye sockets. Yeah, that was one of the best kills. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, I on on the on the spectrum. What do you think of that teacher getting killed with like a ruler, like getting beaten to death by a ruler? Is that how she was killed? I couldn't remember. I think so. I think she finds like Chucky attacks her in a closet. Uh, I think he might stab her once twice, and then she's like trying to crawl away, and he comes at her and just like beats her over and over again with like a ruler. Yeah, some of his kills are kind of again. You can't poke at the logic too much in this movie, but it's just kind of pointless. Like. I know he's a serial killer, but he's just killing everybody he can for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Right. When uh, he should be focusing more on Andy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hurrying up and getting to Andy. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. that hard, dude. It's it's weird that like he's able to uh, kill people like all yeah, all over the place, but he's like struggling with Andy just like get over him like say a spell basically. Yeah. Yeah, he's also this like tiny doll, but like nobody nobody can thwart him. I know. <laughs> he, like, opens doors, gets into rooms, he's able to, like, tackle you and stuff. Pretty uh, yeah. pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of happy that uh, the new Child's Play went in a different direction. And, you know, I, I, I'm on this. I'm, I'm kind of glad they went with a different director because uh, I, I feel like th- this guy, after seeing this one, 
kind of gives me some concerns about his long-term uh, plan for this franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chucky movies became a certain thing that are their own thing. But I yeah. think that initial concept is still a really good one that could have been mined for more scares, and they and that's what they did with this new one. So, mm-hmm. as much as yeah, I do, I do agree, or I could see why it is the dick move. Like, I'm also kind of glad we got that movie. I, I like. Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, me too. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. Zero to five plastic eyeballs being shoved into your eye sockets. What do you give this? <laughs> uh, I think I'm only gonna go with like one and a half. Uh, I just, yeah, I didn't think Whoa. it was. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I didn't think it was that scary, and uh, it felt like kind of long and unnecessary and repetitive uh, for the most part, and and then kind of depressing. What about you? <laughs> I actually gave it a three point five. Wow, that's pretty generous. More, I kind of felt like it was maybe a three, but I wanted to make sure I gave it something higher than the original because I liked it better. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a soft three and a half. It, it's it's not that great of a movie, but I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Like, if, I feel like, yeah, in the right context, it could be like a fun watch. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like a good one to have on in the background at a party or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Volume All off. those parties you and I are having. Yeah, I know. Wasn't there an element of like this uh this main kid though that reminded you like of like the kid from Charlie and the Charlie Factory or something? Just like really depressing, like poor. Uh, I mean, I guess he's like a foster kid, but I yeah, I, I just I kind of felt bad from like the whole movie. Yeah, it is a bit of a sad story. I mean, especially his mom just being completely separated from him and everything for no good reason. Yeah. I mean, Especially I mean, after like he worked so hard to get people to believe him in the first one, and then she finally agreed with him and got <laughs> put away for it. Yeah, put away. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my favorite part of the movie was the beginning where they're talking like the CEOs there, and they're talking about like the stock, the shareholders, the stock meeting, and you know, like what we're we gonna do about this meeting with investors. I, I enjoyed all that business talk. That was good. <laughs> It's like, yeah, what about the shareholders, man? man? What about the stock price? What are we going to do about this? Let's talk about the real issues. <laughs> you you want to watch that movie. They're going to yeah. reboot this franchise <laughs> again, and that's just going to be like the business biz- intrigue. Yeah, it's going to be the conference meeting the next day at the headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can write that one. You can write some fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> cool maybe i will man i think that'd be a good follow-up you know if they want to keep restarting these movies with people in mental institutions there's someone should pick up the angle of like what happens to the company the next day what what's like a day like in the day of the ceo who's like product just murdered a bunch of people and uh you know what are they you know, the reporters the police you come up with the whole storyline there it'd be a fun like a uh, case study for a, a college class <laughs> yeah your yeah, product is murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, man. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's all I got. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that is all for our discussion on Child's Play 2, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It helps people find our show, and we very much appreciate it. You can find all of our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com. We've got a little bit of written content there, too, if you want to check that out. 
We announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, so if you want to follow us there, you will have a little bit of a head start. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. She's got all sorts of great things for sale. And until next time, if your kid is convinced that a doll in your house is doing evil things, maybe shove an air hose into the doll's mouth just to double check. If nothing happens, it's just a normal doll, but if the head swells up and explodes all over the room, then you just dodged a bullet, my friend. Thank you.